Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan, and today I'm here with Colin Davis. Hey, Colin. Hello, Ryan. It's <laughs> hey, good to be here, man. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, this is my first time, and I also hate hearing my voice. <laughs> so so I'm you, probably not actually going to listen to this episode. You're, you're going to be fine. It's going to be awesome. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do here okay. at Worship Center, and then we'll like dig into what we're reading. Yeah, so uh, I'm the hospitality pastor, so what that means is uh, every day is a little different, and um, so I kind of weirdly oversee operations in a... Mostly on Sundays, um, but then, of course, throughout the week, like building usage, environments, all that fun stuff. So yeah. uh, I love it. It's different. It presents its challenges, but I am one for challenges. So hence why I'm sitting here doing this podcast. Hey, we have some challenges today because <laughs> Solomon's doing some crazy stuff. God's doing what seems to be some crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then we get into a class, Ecclesiastes, which seems exclusively crazy stuff. Yeah. Ecclesiastes like takes a turn. <laughs> it is funny. I don't know sometimes why they split up these readings the way they do. Because what we get today, guys, like if you're if you're gonna listen to the whole reading, what we get today is kind of like a wrap up of Solomon's life. Uh yesterday we did Song of Solomon. Today we're gonna wrap up kind of like his reign and what it looked like. Uh and then we're gonna spend like a little bit in Ecclesiastes one. I don't know why they didn't just put that tomorrow. Um, but we're we're gonna get like the full scope here. So as we're reading over this, uh, Colin, what stuck out to you the most? Well, I'm not going to say this stuck out to me the most, yeah. but it definitely stuck out to me um, with the introduction. And can we just acknowledge the fact that Solomon had 700 wives <laughs> like of royal birth and then 300 concubines? That's a thousand individuals. This guy's busy. <laughs> like, how do you even manage that? I don't understand. I, I actually never understand why he gets the rap that he gets. Like, it feels like in, in the church, like we kind of love Solomon right. and like this dude, like burned out real bright. So like they, they, they did marry a lot of people for like political purposes, Yeah, but it's like 700, but huh? 700. That's, I think we've moved beyond a, political is that a purposes. Guinness, is that a biblical Guinness book of world record? <laughs> it's a lot. It may be. Um, we've definitely moved beyond, uh, politics, we've moved beyond for sure what God actually wanted for him. Uh, actually, the intro of this reading is pretty funny. It's like the writer like definitely wants you to understand this is bad. He like says it a couple times. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is like, not only does it just seem bad that he had this many wives and concubines, God actually told him not to do it. Yeah. And so you do get this feel of like, oh, okay, Solomon's like just definitely in rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think it was interesting, and this is like this is why I'm glad I'm not Solomon. Uh, in verse, uh, let's see, verse nine, it starts. It says the Lord was very angry with Solomon. Yeah, like, I don't want to be that guy <laughs> whatsoever. But like it, you know, Solomon clearly uh, was defiant and rebelled against God's very specific instruction: one, not to uh, marry these women. Uh, and two, knowing what that would lead to, number two, not worshiping other gods, which yeah. of course we see in this story, that's exactly what happened. And um, I think it's really interesting, just the idea that, um, you know, God God put the warning out there. It was very clear. 
Solomon did exactly the opposite of that. And so then God's like, okay, well, then I'm here's what's going to happen. And basically rolls through, and we see all these interesting details start coming together as part of like justice for Solomon. Yeah, it is. God God does not waste his time uh, judging Solomon. What's interesting is he's like gracious to David, who's already dead and gone, yeah. in his judgment on Solomon. Um, so so you brought up that part about the Lord was very angry with Solomon. This is actually the full verse. The Lord was angry with Solomon for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who appeared to him twice. So not only was he mad, he was like, hey, you're already pretty special. Like yeah. I already showed up and like literally spoke to you twice. Yeah. And you're just like, whatever. And it's also a little bit weird. Cause like, so we, we just on, on this podcast, we've been in Proverbs for a little bit. We did song of Solomon. Um, but we actually spent a lot of time earlier kind of getting this story of Solomon building the temple. And it's in the Bible. It's in, uh, it's in Kings and Chronicles. It's like this really celebrated moment that Solomon built this incredible temple Mm, and like the Lord fills the temple and they celebrate and they do all these sacrifices. And what's pretty weird is like, it kind of seems like Solomon was like, okay, well I built that temple. Like, I guess I'll build a couple more for these other guys, which does, it's crazy. Yeah. So the fact that Solomon spends his time now as he's older, just building shrines for other gods, uh, that would have caught the original audience super off guard. Like they would have known this is not good. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it also makes us feel pretty weird. Yeah. 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 Well, I also think too, like, so um, Solomon, like in his disobedience. So what's, what's, so we see like God honoring his promise in both good and bad. Yeah. So like he honors David um, with the promise that like, you know, Jerusalem, Israel will be named after him. Yep. Um, and like, he didn't want to like undo that. Yep. And yet he, we're going to see, or, you know, we did see, or, or we read that, um, he's now going to keep his promise to ensure that Solomon doesn't rule and reign, mm-hmm. um, over Israel. And, and as much as I guess what was originally destined for him to rule and reign over. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it makes total sense. So in the, in the concept of God's whole story, right, we're, we're just trying to read through the Bible in a whole year. We've seen God make these covenants with people. And anytime God makes a covenant with somebody, it's very important because it's how God is choosing to work with people to bring redemption. Oof, like God's, good. God's covenants still affect us. Yeah. And so like God makes a covenant with Noah and he says, you know what? I'm not going to just like murder everybody ever again. So that's why we're like, we can be at peace. God's not going to wipe us all out. Yeah. Then he makes a, a covenant with Abraham and he says like, you are going to have so many descendants, which sounds crazy because it's like, the dude's got a super old wife. He's not having kids. Uh, and God's like, hey, I'm actually going to make so many people. You're going to be blessed and you're going to be a blessing. Then he reveals himself to all of Israel through Moses. He's like, you are going to be my people. Like when when people look at you, they're going to see that like what I'm like because of what you're like. Mm. So that's his covenant. Then he makes his covenant with David. So I, like, it took me a minute to get here. But he makes his covenant with David and it's like, you will be a king forever. Like, there will always be a king who sits on your throne forever. And when God makes a covenant, he's bound to it, just like we're bound to it. Right. So God can't change his mind and break the contract. Right. So when this is happening, the original readers who were more tuned into covenants than we are uh, would have been like, wait, what? Like, Solomon screwed up? And like, what about the promise? 
Like, yeah. and, and ultimately we get Jesus through these covenants. So it, it should make us a little angsty too. Like you would be looking at this, like just very curious, very concerned what is going to happen to the promise. And so you do see God's drawn out judgment against Solomon, uh, but he's also staying true to his promise. Now it's yeah. going to look different than what they would have thought. Right. Um, but it's pretty cool how God is bringing judgment and justice because it's pretty cut and dried. Like Solomon didn't do what he was told. Right. And now he's kind of cut out of it. Uh, but God is going to continue to bring somebody who rules and reigns. And ultimately, it's Jesus. He sits on the throne forever. Right. Uh, because that's what God promised. Uh, so this is, this is interesting. And ultimately, what's going to happen is there's going to there's gonna be these two kingdoms, like very soon. Uh, this, this one group of people, this one culture, Israel, is going to split into two kingdoms. And we're going to get the, the kingdom of Israel in the north and the kingdom of Judah in the south. Uh, and it's going to cause a lot of problems. So we're about to get into a phase of reading a lot about these split kingdoms. Yeah. 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 I think, well, too, this jumps out at me, um, is the thought of Moses so and Pharaoh. So, yeah, you know, yeah. You, know you had mentioned um, that, like, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. You know, um, but I think it was a strategic play in the ultimate big picture, 30,000 foot view. Yeah. Like, here are all these things working out. And, you know, one thing that jumped out to me was like, so this guy, Razon, comes into the yeah. picture, right? How does he come into the picture? God, it says, God raised Razon. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, wait a minute. But Razon hates Israel. Yeah. So, and Razon seems like a bad dude. Yeah. But yet, to me, it's almost like a chess play um, or, you know, a st- part of the detail of strategy to work through uh, God removing Solomon. Yeah. Um, or removing the inheritance, taking that away from Solomon. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, we get we get a picture of God moving in politics or or kingdoms. Yeah, like He's moving in a very tangible way to raise up uh, an adversary. Like He is purposely raising up somebody who is against His people to bring judgment on Solomon. Yeah, uh, it would be kind of foolish for us to assume that He just gave that up. Like right. God is definitely sovereign over all things. So, like you said, like a chess match, like He's the one doing it all. Yeah. And what's interesting is like, I don't know what would Razon's life look like if Solomon had never rejected the covenant. I don't know. There would be no need for a Razon. Right. So I don't know what that looks like. Here he is. Here he is. And it is something worth paying attention to that God actually seems to raise up an enemy, um, which we've seen. We've seen that happen in Judges quite a bit. As we read through Judges, God raises up these enemies uh, that ultimately exist to bring the people back eventually to him. Yeah. Yeah. Or fulfill like a covenant or, you yeah. know, well, I guess that is what you're saying. It's pretty interesting stuff, like how God moves and how God works. I I think it's very cool. Yeah. Solomon, I, I doubt, thought it was very cool, but. Well, he was busy with 700 wives. <laughs> he had a lot of idols to build. Yeah, he, he was he worshiping. a lot of concubines to keep happy. He was happy. worshiping gods and. He, <sighs> yeah. It's a bummer that Solomon just loses his mind and like just misses out. Yeah. And, you know, I think. I think Solomon is probably a great picture of what happens when you allow your heart to move in the wrong direction. Yeah. Cause I'm guessing that like, he probably didn't wake up one day and just be like, you know what? Right. I'm actually going to be against yeah. all of it. Oh, well, I, God kind of hinted warning signs. Like, Oh yeah. He, he said, don't do this because that could lead to that. Yeah. And obviously like the number one commandment 
thou shalt not have other gods before me, yep. you know, or however you want to word it, depending on your version of the Bible <laughs> that you're reading, yeah. the translation. But um, he like, he, it's kind of a warning because God says your heart will turn. Yeah. And you're going to end up worshiping these other gods. And it's not like that, hap- like you said, it's not a microwave. It, man, this, this had to have been a slow roasting sort of thing where, you know, he just slowly started turning. Yeah, and maybe, maybe got on like wife, and what's on, that? on wife two hundred, he could have been like, you know what, this might be a bad choice. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> it seems like this is getting out of so, hand. That's overwhelming. I, oh man, uh, guys, this is. This I is think a, that's punishment enough. <laughs> I have no comment on that whatsoever. <laughs> Wait, take that out. <laughs> Uh, this is a pretty great conversation. I'm excited with with where we're at on this. I'm sad for Solomon, but uh, there's a lot to get out of of the reading today. So uh, make sure you read it for yourself. Make sure you stick around. Just listen to the audio. Uh, we do get into Ecclesiastes a little bit at the end. I'm not sure why they split it up the way they did, but we are gonna we're gonna be talking about Ecclesiastes tomorrow. So if you hear that part and you're like, they didn't talk about that at all, well, I guess you have to listen tomorrow. Yeah. All right. We'll yeah. see you tomorrow. Tune in. Bye. First Kings 11, starting in verse 1. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women. Besides Pharaoh's daughter, he married women from Moab, Ammon, Edom, Sidon, and from among the Hittites. The Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel, you must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. In Solomon's old age, they turned his heart to worship other gods instead of being completely faithful to the Lord his God, as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely, as his father David had done. On the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, he even built a pagan shrine for Shemosh, the detestable god of Moab and another from Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. Solomon built such shrines for all these foreign wives to use for burning incense and sacrificing to their gods. The Lord was very angry with Solomon, for his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. He had warned Solomon specifically about worshiping other gods, but Solomon did not listen to the Lord's command. So now the Lord said to him, Since you have not kept my covenant and you have disobeyed my decrees, I will surely tear the kingdom away from you and give it to one of your servants. But for the sake of your father David, I will not do this while you are still alive. I will take the kingdom away from your son. And even so, I will not take away the entire kingdom. I will let him be the king of one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, my chosen city. Then the Lord raised up Hadad the Edomite, a member of Edom's royal family, to be Solomon's adversary. Years before, David had defeated Edom. Joab, his army commander, had stayed to bury some of the Israelite soldiers who had died in battle. While there, they killed every male in Edom. Joab and the army of Israel had stayed there for six months, killing them. But Hadad and a few of his father's royal officials escaped and headed for Egypt. Hadad was just a boy at the time. They set out from Midian and went to Paran, where others joined them. Then they traveled to Egypt and went to Pharaoh, who gave them a home, food, and some land. Pharaoh grew very fond of Hadad, and he gave him his wife's sister in marriage, the sister of the queen of Taphanes. She bore him a son named Ganubath. Taphanes raised him in Pharaoh's palace among Pharaoh's own sons. 
When the news reached Hadad in Egypt that David and his commander Joab were both dead, he said to Pharaoh, Let me return to my own country. Why? Pharaoh asked him. What do you lack here that makes you want to go home? Nothing, he replied. But even so, please let me return home. God also raised up Rezon, son of Eliada, as Solomon's adversary. Rezon had fled from his master, King Hadiezer of Zobah, and he had become the leader of a gang of rebels. After David conquered Hadiezer, Rezon and his men fled to Damascus, where he became king. Rezon was Israel's bitter adversary for the rest of Solomon's reign, and he made trouble just as Hadad did. Rezon hated Israel intensely and continued to reign in Aram. Another rebel leader was Jeroboam, Jeroboam, son of Nebat, one of Solomon's own officials. He came from the town of Zerada in Ephraim, and his mother was Zeruah, a widow. This was the story behind his rebellion. Solomon was rebuilding the supporting terraces and repairing the walls of the city of his father David. Jeroboam was a very capable young man, and when Solomon saw how industrious he was, he put him in charge of the labor force from the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh, the descendants of Joseph. One day, as Jeroboam was leaving Jerusalem, the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh met him along the way. Ahijah was wearing a new cloak. The two of them were alone in a field, and Ahijah took hold of the new cloak he was wearing and tore it into twelve pieces. Then he said to Jeroboam, Take ten of these pieces, for this is what the Lord the God of Israel says. I am about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon, and I will give you ten tribes." But I will leave him one tribe for the sake of my servant David, and for the sake of Jerusalem, which have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. For Solomon has abandoned me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Shemesh, the god of Moab, and Molech, the god of the Ammonites. He has not followed my ways and done what is pleasing in my sight. He has not obeyed my decrees and regulations as David his father did. But I will not take the entire kingdom from Solomon at this time. For the sake of my servant David, the one who I chose and who obeyed my commands and decrees, I will keep Solomon as leader for the rest of his life. But I will take the kingdom away from his son and give ten of the tribes to you. His son will have one tribe so that the descendants of David, my servant, will continue to reign shining like a lamp in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen to be the place of my name. And I will place you on the throne of Israel, and you will rule over all that your heart desires." If you listen to what I tell you, and follow my ways, and do whatever I consider to be right, and if you obey my decrees and commands, as my servant David did, then I will always be with you. I will establish an enduring dynasty for you as I did for David, and I will give Israel to you. Because of Solomon's sin, I will punish the descendants of David, though not forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but he fled to King Shishgash of Egypt and stayed there until Solomon died. The rest of the events in Solomon's reign, including all his deeds, his wisdom, and his wisdom are recorded in the book of the Acts of Solomon. Solomon ruled in Jerusalem over all of Israel for 40 years. When he died, he was buried in the city of David, named for his father. Then his son, Rehoboam, became the next king. 2 Chronicles 9. The rest of the events of Solomon's reign from the beginning to the end are recorded in the record of Nathan the prophet and the prophecy of Ahijah from Shiloh and also in the visions of Edo the seer concerning Jeroboam, son of Nebat. Solomon ruled in Jerusalem over all Israel for 40 years. When he died, he was buried in the city of David, named for his father. Then his son Rehoboam became the next king. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. These are the words of the teacher, King David's son, who ruled in Jerusalem. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. 
What do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around and rises again. The wind blows south and then turns north. Around and around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome, but beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. History merely repeats itself. It has all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here is something new. But actually, it is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past, and in the future generations, no one will remember what we are doing now. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.